Yawks, welcome back to another edition of the Rambling Viking Podcast. Bringing you a little bonus episode this week. Uh, I still haven't figured out how to fit it into the weekly schedule. We did have it at one point, but now we got all these football episodes. Um, but today, going to be a little bit more heavy, uh, if you couldn't tell by the title. Uh, I like to, you know, here we like to cover anything and everything, right? We like to get your weekly dose of weird. We like to talk sports. And then what's the other big three, um, part of the big three? I can't forget about Chris Bosch. It's the culture. Yes, that's right. And so that's that's news, that's serious stuff, but uh, see if we can come at it in a fun, lighthearted way. Still keep it PDFG while talking about serious because there are serious parts of life. So today we're going to be covering about, uh, well, you can call them news stories, a couple news stories, and then in light of Columbus Day, or some people call it Indigenous Peoples Day now, we are going to talk about all that good fun nonsense that comes up this time every year. And I maintain my stance of saying happy Columbus Day to you. I hope you enjoyed it. And yes, it is okay that it is Columbus Day. But we'll save. That's the big topic we'll, we'll get to at the end. So lots of crazy stuff going on. You know, we have, we, we're starting to see, um, we saw Southwest. We'll just start with the first story, right? Southwest Airlines had a bunch of flights canceled, uh, at least 1,800 flights. They say it was air traffic control and the weather, but there's speculation that this vaccine mandate rollout, because if you remember correctly, when this all this talk started into August, beginning of September, there was um, deadlines, end of September, mid-October, well... We're, 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 hit, we're hitting or have hit or are about to hit a lot of those deadlines. And so now here's where the rubber meets the road. And I've, I've you know my opinion if you listen to any episodes at all. That, yeah, I'm absolutely for it. You know, we're, we're, we're to the ultimate level of coercion. It's your job or uh, comply. And I've, you know, I'm a personal push and believe in, now is the time to put our foot in the ground. If there was... If there wasn't any times before, you know, and where where people, particularly we'll say mainly conservatives, people got called, oh, you're being hyperbolic, you're blowing it out of proportion. I do not believe we were blowing it out of proportion. Um, the newest phrase that's taken me by storm that I, that anytime you want to talk about, you know, like tyranny, freedom, security, liberty, all that sort of, um, all those sort of topics is, you know, you never, it's unfortunate, but when it comes to your freedom and your liberty, you always have to be packing, right? Like you always have to be ready to defend it. You you always have to be on guard and not in a paranoid way. Not like that guy who puts landmines in his yard, wears a tin hat and is always like has 20,000 locks on his door and, you know, is always and has guns and booby traps all over his house. No, you just have to be like any person would, you know, if you Walk in down a dark street and go by an alley. Keep your head on a swivel, right? Just be aware of your surroundings. Be ready and don't put yourself in potentially compromising situations or be aware when you might be getting into that situation and get out of it, right? But long-winded explanation to say that, you know, when it comes down to talking tyranny, freedom, and liberty, tyranny, and Ronald Reagan has a great quote about this. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but he something like we're always one generation away from losing our freedom more or less to paraphrase but uh, what i what i've been saying really recently is that you know tyranny is always lying in wait at the door ready to come in ready to devour you like almost so in the bible um there's 
you know, there's a comparison that like sin is like a lion crouching at the door, like ready to devour you. And I believe that to be true. I mean, and it's in the same vein, right? Like we're always having to fight against our, our, our sinful side, our, our bad urges, right? To, to not eat too much, to, to, to just sit around all day, to slack off, to, you know, whatever, to, to try and, um, from, for men our lustful desires, you know, and, and all these sorts of things, you know, to be, to be overly selfish and to be uncompassionate towards others. You have to try to be a good person. It's very easy to be a bad person. You have to try. There's responsibility to maintain your freedom, your security, or sorry, your, and your liberty, right? To maintain the system that we have built. It is very easy for tyranny to, to come in, for corruption. It's always our entire system was built in a way to insulate it from those things. Exactly. It's like a shark cage. All right. We built a shark cage so we could go down safely with the sharks and remain unharmed. Right. And that's, that's what this whole foundation was, um, this, and our government and our, you know, America really was founded on. So, um, you know, when you understand that it, it kind of puts it into better perspective, but, and, and, and helps understand, but that's, that's true. Like it's always like when, <laughs> When, when, how many times in history, very, more often than not, when people have the opportunity to take more power, what do they do with it? They do, they take more power. Okay, it's, it's undisputed, but I'm taking way too long on the story. Anyway, Southwest, the rumor has that Southwest airline pilots are standing up against the mandate and going on strike. Uh, this article says that they're unconfirmed, and the Pilots Association says they're aware of uh, these operational difficulties, uh, but we can say with confidence our pilots are not participating in any official or unofficial job actions. Um, that was their pilots unions. Our pilots will continue to overcome um, that Southwest uh, management's poor planning as well as any external operational challenges remain the most productive pilots in the world. They will be focused on their highest priority safety. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, all this good stuff, right? And that was on Sunday and the FAA came out and said something about it too. But you know, by far they canceled the most of these. And, and to me, it's a, this is unfortunate for anyone trying to fly, but at the same time, I see it as a positive thing. And I'm, I'm almost encouraging that if, if they are fighting against these vaccine mandates for the workers, that they should absolutely, absolutely stand up and fight. I talked about the NBA players on the last, um, cultural crap episode. I don't know what to call this. You know, the title already. So I'm curious. I really got to know what I'm, I'm so curious right now as to what I'm going to title this. But anyways, it might just be happy Columbus Day. Let's get into it. <laughs> but I'm I'm for it. I think this is this is what it takes because and you know as one person, yeah. But if you can unite and you can have people on a front, and you see this in Australia, you see this in France, where they are people are standing up against these draconian lockdowns. And I mean, it may seem like oh Australia is so wonky and out of whack. We're not far off from that. All it takes is just. You're simple. Um, just, just comply. Just go along. Just one thing after the next. And I mean, in my opinion, effectively, we are over this pandemic. COVID is here to stay. The vaccine is a preemptive therapeutic that is great for those who are at high risk, which we know is the immunocompromised and primarily the elderly. If you look at the average age of death, it's like in the upper 70s. And we know that if you're under 65 and you're not morbidly obese or have uh, any, um, you know, 
you're not uh, immunocompromised, your chances of survival are like 99%. Everyone's in the 99% more or less. And so it's a, it's a highly survivable disease. And this is not to downplay those deaths. There are plenty of horror stories out there. And this is the hard, it's such a hard conversation to have to balance because people want to put you in one camp or the other and not let you kind of put feet in, feet in both camps, right? I believe that I took the vaccine. I believe the vaccine is good. Take it if you want. However, I do not believe you should be given ultimatums and you should, and the, the, the level of coercion and pushing for these mandates and the rhetoric around it is alarming to me and always has been, but uh, friendly reminder, all these links. So I'm, I pulled all these stories. All the stories I've pulled are from daily wire. Um, sorry if you think I'm being overly biased or something or not pulling from even sources. I last, last newsy episode, I had a, uh, I don't know. I had a bunch of sources from the Hill. So it just, the daily wire had all these and they're pretty generic for the most part. But, uh, Dave Chappelle released his latest special. I watched it. It was hilarious. He is, in my opinion, one of the greatest comics ever, possibly the greatest of my generation. Um, you know, fair warning, yeah, he is explicit, and guess what? I don't agree with everything he says or stance he says, but he is objectively hilarious. And I will say one thing that made me feel better, sure, that stroked my own ego, if you, if you want to say that, or just made me feel better as far as a check, is, you know, nowadays it's a world of, oh, well, that's not funny, you made a joke about that. And it's, if people are making jokes about your side, you want to get butt hurt, or your things, or politics you don't agree with, you want to get butt hurt, and we clearly see that from the left all the time. You can't make jokes about, you know, basically anything that um, we don't like, and then so it's it, it's really you just make fun of Republicans and conservatives and Trump, and that's and that's okay. That's hilarious too. But you know, we see this phenomenon of clapter, where it's it's you know comedy awkwardly now a lot of times, which you you don't even hear as much laughing in the audience as you just hear they kind of clap and cheer at stuff, and it's a weird transition to see this and happen, but. Um, Dave Chappelle has a great moment where it's, so it's called the closer. It's on Netflix. Go see it before they potentially take it down. I don't think they will. If you can, you can all, you know, it's the internet. You can get it bootlegged, but, uh, I don't think Netflix will bow to the mob, but you never know. Cause they're, they're really fired up this time. He pissed everybody off when, which I say you're doing your job as a comic. Like if you're saying, you're, you're speaking truth, you're making jokes about stuff, and that's the point, is like, you know, satire, that's one way, and that's something, I tweeted about this the other day, you know, is that I've really, I've always, you know, looked at comedy and joke about things, that's how I talk about stuff, but really, really lately, I've tried to really just full-on lens of co comedy lens is how I handle everything, and you can still, you can make jokes and points, so you can, you can, you know, highlight things, through jokes and comedy. I'm learning how to do that better and better and better every single day. And, and honestly, it's made politics more pleasant for me. If I can look at it and even just saying like, hey, look at this. Look at here's the daily stupid from today, right? Like just laugh at it and also shrug off the, the non stuff, the stuff where I'm like, eh, it's, if it's just sometimes stuff is just sometimes it's just like politics, right? Just politics being politics or politicians being politicians, you can still find them funny. There's nuance in this. But first article says Dave Chappelle and comedy special backlash. If this was what being canceled is about, I love it. Um, so <clears throat> he basically he's he went all in. He explained a bunch of jokes in the past and also had a whole shtick and talking about where he's like 
where he, he goes in, he talks about trans issues and I mean, it's, it's beautiful. He intertwines like great punchlines with talking about culture at large. And then basically making the point, like, look, y'all, you know, they got mad at me for this. Well, I'm here to explain it and make more jokes about it. And guess what? They were all funny, but you know what I realized? I realized I didn't finish a thought. I said a good check when I was talking about good check for me or made me feel better about it is I can laugh about jokes that maybe have that I will just say this that I necessarily where I don't where I disagree with maybe the premise or something like that right like that make a joke about oh yeah you know black men getting shot left and right getting murdered left and right by police uh, I think that's factually inaccurate but uh, made a funny joke about it I can laugh about it um. You know, Dave Chappelle made there were there were some jokes and some comments that he made where like on a we'll say on a political level, I didn't agree with. But guess what? I still laughed at. And I and I said that's good. I'm glad I don't I did not, you know, I don't want to let myself fall into that pit where it's like I will only laugh at stuff that I agree with. And because at that point I'm a partisan hack. Um, the equivalent of that, right? And so I want to be able to laugh at things that are funny. You can make a joke about anything or everyone. You can joke about anything that's funny. Honestly, one of, some of my favorite jokes of the last four years were Trump jokes. They were hilarious. Now, um, a lot of people just made disparaging comments and said, that's a joke. But no, it's like you didn't actually put any effort into formulating something based on his personality or something or something he does or says. And so it's not funny, right? Sorry, I didn't finish that thought. But anyways, he did that and he, he made a bunch of, um, we'll just read the article, right? So he brushed off his criticism, as you should when the mob comes for you. Once again, Dave Chappelle not only is a goat of comedy, he's a goat of handling the freaking woke mob. He just calls him out right there. And it's amazing because he, it, there was one moment where it's like he got some clapter and then he, and then he said the next thing he had to say, the crowd went, a lot of the crowd went, oh, and I was like, boom, got him. Boom. Roasted. I was like, yes, great job. So, all right. He mocked his critics in front of a sold out audience at a Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles when he was screening his new documentary, Untitled. Right? Um, he said, you know, what he said the tagline, if this is what being canceled is about, I love it. Um, and then he just said, I don't know what to tell you, except I'm a bad mother. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Chappelle left his critics alone for most of his speech. However, this is the kindness conspiracy, he said. He said, encouraging Americans to trust one another to overcome partisanship. And that much, um, there are a lot of things I can get behind, a lot of sentiments I can get behind, where he, he hits on, you know, talking about being a human experience. And um, it's so good. But, <laughs> and then he, yeah, he, and he made this, this was in the special, but he talks about Twitter and how it's not real life. Uh, yeah, in the, a little bit of the summary. So, you know, he claimed to be team turf. It's an acronym standing for trans exclusionary radical feminist. Cause he talks about how he's a feminist. He defended JK Rowling, um, who's the author of Harry Potter. She's been, who's been criticized for stating that the biological sex is a fact and that men cannot be women. Chappelle kind of reiterates that says gender is a fact, but um, I don't want to read too much more of this because it will ruin it for you. But uh, he got a 96 audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> so it's obviously good. Um, and but then there's you know you have Glad. Um, they condemned his special, saying it's platforming anti-LGBTQ diatribes. 
Uh, Dave Chappelle brand has become synonymous with ridiculing trans people and other marginalized communities. Negative, negative reviews and viewers loudly condemning his latest special is a message to the industry that audiences don't support platforming anti-LGBTQ diatribes. We agree. Glad tweeted. And then there's an NPR critic, Eric Deggins. He slammed him for going too far with jokes about transgenderism, homosexuality, and Jews. He said, opposing these public statements of homophobia isn't just about making gay people feel better. It's about keeping the anger and prejudice behind those words from becoming widely acceptable or turning into action. Deggins writes too often in the closer that it just sounds like Chappelle is using white privilege to excuse his own homophobia and transphobia. Which, if you're familiar with Dave Chappelle, that has come full circle in being the black, white supremacist. Go back and watch that if you have not seen it. It's hilarious. But I love more and more. How you see, like, I mean, you already saw the conservatives like Larry Elder, Candace Owens, Brandon Tatum, Hodge Twins. You know, they get called black, white supremacists all the time. And now they're saying Dave Chappelle uh, is using his white privilege um, to excuse his own homophobia and transphobia. Incredible, the mental gymnastics that we are doing here. And then Jacqueline Moore, former showrunner for the Netflix series Dear White People, announced that she was done with the streaming service over Chappelle's special. I told the story of my transition for Netflix and most Pride Week. It's a network that has been my home on Dear White People. I've loved working there, Moore tweeted. I will not work work with them as long as they continue to put out and profit from blatantly and dangerously transphobic content. Um, then there's a secondary article just going on. It says, uh, where the views, the critic reviews officially came in and it's exactly what you'd expect, says the headline. And it it is right. So the critics hate it, which nowadays, I mean, just look at the, go to Rotten Tomatoes. If the critics hate it and the people love it, it's probably good. Uh, sometimes if the critics love it and the people love, love it, it can be good. And then sometimes the critics love it, love it. And the people hate it. That usually means it's woke crap. And it's nice. It's, it's nice at least having this laid out so it's very easy to understand. So, so uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, top critics from Rotten Tomatoes granted Chappelle's, Chappelle a dismal 33%. But, as we already said earlier, he got a 96% from the audience. So let's look at some of the acclaimed critic reviews on the site, which shows that it just shows you're showing your hand. You're showing your hand. You're showing how your where your biases lie. All right, and also I think just modern day people can't hang with true comedy. But anyways, he's rich and famous. He reminds us huge. Clifford Big. He adds, um, he should start acting like it. Chappelle's most incendiary, troubling, and unapologetic one yet. Uh, let's see. The yeah, he says the humor doesn't land. Neither does the justification. Here we go. Chappelle's rampant transphobia doesn't need to be a problem as long as the jokes land, but his obsession with grievances supersedes any pretense of crafting actual humor. Well, and very less you're a good writer, but yeah, you're wrong. And then he says, what is the function of the court jester? Tell the truth. Sure, it makes us laugh too, but the laughter caused by the jester's ridiculous behavior is usually a poisoned apple. Dave Chappelle is a good court jester. And then, so that's what the critics said. Let's see what some of the audience members had to say, right? Has over a thousand highly rated reviews. Here are some of the top ones. He got some folks rocking back and forth in a corner chanting, cancel culture doesn't exist with straight jackets on take a shot at the goat. You best not miss. 
And then another guy said, or person, sorry, sorry, women. I'm sure you liked it and loved it too. Loved every minute of it and how, and love how Dave Chappelle speaks his mind freely. Speaks up for us without a voice. Chappelle is the goat, always pushing boundaries. Dave tells it like it is, and we the people love him for it. The audience scores shows the mainstream critics are willfully out of touch with reality. To that I clap. Amen. Awesome special. Really funny and eye-opening. This man's not only a comic, but delivers a Ted-like performance and left me wondering and laughing at the same time. I agree. All this political backlash is proof of an emotional and butt-hurt media. I love butt-hurt media. Do not take this off Netflix. Give it a higher rating, observe the audience score, and grow a backbone. And then lastly, pure comedy truth. Hope this isn't the last we hear from this legend. And then it goes back to, let's see. Yeah, I'm not. It goes back to talking about one of his one of his bigger moments or jokes where he talks about gender is a fact. And I'm not going to ruin that for you. Don't want to spoil it. It's too fresh. We've not even come close to the three year um, statute of limitations there. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, mm, yeah, uh, I'm not going to say that joke either. There was one last joke and it's kind of funny. But, well, I'll say, and that's not a problem. He, said, he, he basically, in essence, said this is a slight paraphrase. He goes, I'm, anyone who's ever listened to me knows I don't have a problem with trans people. My problem has always been with white people. And it's a good joke. But that, I think that wraps it up for that Dave Chappelle. So his special, The Closer, if you haven't seen any of his other ones, now that they're, this was the last one, I want if they're available, I want to go back and watch. Watch them all in order, right? Kind of like when... You know, once I got done with Star Wars, go back and watch them all in order. So kind of want to do that. See his la- all, of, um, all his last ones because they were so – they were all good. And just see them all back to back to back and see and watch it transpire. Sounds like a lot of fun. But, yeah, go check it out if you haven't. I'm sorry if I spoiled any of that. I think I kept the spoilers to a very, very minimum. And trust me, I didn't – the delivery wasn't there. This was deadpanned crap delivery. So you should be fine because you could hear him say the same thing and you will laugh. Because you're like, I already heard that, but it's all about the delivery in comedy. That's what we know. So, all right. Last but not least, I already mentioned it before, Columbus Day. So, I'll just say this. So, there's a statue in Syracuse where they talk about, um, they want to remove it. It says it's not about hate. And there's this monument, foundation, and the mayor's trying to remove it in Syracuse. And they're saying no. Um, there's a petition I signed. You can go and sign. And you can go to their website. There's a little video, too, about historical facts about Columbus and, and just some quick facts about it. There's plenty of stuff. I think there's a PragerU thing. I might try and find in links, tons of links in the, in this video today, guys, or in this video, this podcast. So, I mean, good luck with uh, getting through them all. I'll try and label them all appropriately. But they talk about this story, the story, the history of this monument, and um, – just some quotes, you know, they say it was an outgrowth of pride in their national heritage talking about, oh, and their Italian identity and their love for this country. That's really what it was about because for Italians, it's really cool that an Italian accomplished this and it's a source of pride. It's like for me, the Vikings actually discovered America way earlier. Nobody wants to talk about it and I love saying that. The Vikings though, in a lot of ways, were horrible. But at the same time, I it's, it, honestly I kind of take out the bad, throw out, or take out, take the good and throw out the bad. Right. At the same time, they're a product of their time. That is how the world operated. So, I mean, do with that what you will. So, but they, he's trying to do that. 
And, you know, the mayor says it's become a source of division over decades and overshadowed the original intent of the monument. Um, this space should be tribute to Italian-Americans in a place of healing, which we can celebrate our shared accomplishments. But then uh, Ilacqua, the guy on the other side of it, says that it shouldn't be divisive. This monument is very much a part of our family heritage. It wasn't put up by unknown people in the past. We know who built it. We know who sculpted it. Who raised the money? We know who put it up. It's very much our monument. We take pride in it and celebrate it every year. Exactly. You know, it's funny. I even saw a quote from Obama from like 2011 or something where he talked about the greatness and the accomplishment of Columbus. Now he's a great man. Yet here we are now all screaming at each other about it. Well, I'm just like, look, it's okay to say what he did was great. And while also we can qualify it by saying, man, he did not. He started strong by discovering America and <laughs> But it went downhill from there, all right? It was like the Giants game. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to do that to you, Connor. But, I mean, it's like the Falcons in the Super Bowl, right? Started 28-3. to Started so great. And then just took a nosedive, all right? And this is what I'm talking about. We're talking about getting through things with comedy, okay? I think we can all agree. Columbus started so great. And, I mean, there was plenty of adversity, mutiny, and different things like that, where it's like, whoa, discovered this new place. That's awesome. Did four voyages. Wow, look at me. And then he was like, oh, yeah, look at me. I'm going to kill these people. You're my slaves. This is my gold. Yeah, I, I'm God. And then, you know, <laughs> as so many men do, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> started great, started strong, finished horribly. <laughs> really took a nosedive, right? Started out sprinting the marathon only to take an Uber and get caught cheating. So, and getting, getting stripped of his awards kind of situation. Oh, man. But they restored it in 1992. It's a protected monument. So, there's a whole thing. You can, if you agree with me and you want to keep this up, which I see keep it up. Because Ben Shapiro makes another important delineation. You have to say, look at who they were and what they stood for. He goes, you know, he goes I can understand. You know, he says this. I can understand how black Americans have a problem with these Confederate statues, with these, these guys that it was this rebellion, this uprising to maintain slavery. Yeah. You know what? Let's maybe shift that to museums and not on street corners. And it's more apropos. However, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson put in place were the architects of a system that would abolish slavery, that would be the most free, most Equal, most prosperous society in the history of man. Yeah, they own slaves. Um, unfortunately, there's a shortcoming um, you know, of them being a product of their time and shortcoming of their time. However, in a, in, within a century, about 80 years of them doing this, we got rid of it. That's pretty quick in terms of history at large. You know, 80 years, that's nothing. Right. Um, so the guy, the advocate, Lacqua, whatever his name is, he notes that the monument says more about Syracuse's Italian-American community than it does about Columbus. It was put there out of love and pride, Lacqua noted. I don't see how taking it down does anything but erase history for no reason. It belongs there. We're proud of it, and we believe it should stay there. Um, choosing to focus on art, history, and heritage, the Monument Corporation wants people to understand the historic context of when the statue was erected. Their website encourages people to help save the statue by signing petitions and even sending messages to Mayor Walsh. The Italian immigrants that were there didn't fly here. They came over on boats. That's what happened at the turn of the century, Lacqua said. 
They see Columbus, one of their countrymen from Genoa, who arrived in boats, explored the ocean, and came to a new world. How do they not identify that as, a, as heroic and brave? He literally led the charge hundreds of years earlier and set the stage for where we are now. And history is messy. It's kind, of, it's kind of my general statement, right? History is messy, and we should take things in full context and in the context of their time and say, I mean, so honestly, I kind of, I'm seeing the Bible in a lot more well-rounded um, place now. And when you look at it, so first of all, I hold that the Bible, if we're made into a series, it would be like freaking, I don't even know. It would it'd have to be 10 seasons, you know, 10 to 12 episodes, all an hour long, like put, it, it would put Game of Thrones to shame in terms of the drama, but also it would be, it, it is way more gruesome. It is the most gruesome thing. When you actually look at like the things it talks about um, from like the historical things and the acts and the, you know, all the wars and battles and, and struggles, it is gruesome. It is really gruesome. It would be, it would put Game of Thrones, it would make Game of Thrones look like Blue's Clues. Um, so it's, it's just, and, and when you look at there, there are all the men in there, they're all extremely flawed and God chose men who seemingly were unequipped or seemingly very flawed and didn't shy away from that show that, you know, there, there is potential for all of us despite our flaws. And that's the message I believe in despite your flaws, you know, a God can use you for something great but you can still strive to be a good man. And there is redemption and there is hope and there is for, and we need to maintain a certain level of mercy and grace for our brothers and sisters because everyone is flawed. Everyone is faulty. Everyone says dumb, mean things 10 years ago. And for those things, I am sorry, but I am moved on from them. And I would hope you can too. Holding bitterness and holding that resentment. I look at people that like actually like grab onto this and gravitate towards this and like, he's so horrible. I'm just like, is this what you do all the time towards everybody? So and for me, I, I can't see how you can kind of maintain these positions and not just be the most cynical person in the world. You only look at people to find their, to find their flaws and to look at how bad they were. That's got to be so unhappy, so emotionally tiring and it's got to give you gray hairs or just make it fall out because it's, it's a lot. So um, I also linked to their website, which is linked to in the article, you know, link to link to link, 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 link. It's Columbus Monument, Syracuse.com. It has all their info. You can donate, sign the petition, request a lawn sign, tell Mayor Walsh, all this good stuff. It's a lot of fun. But man, what an episode, right? And I want to know, do you, how do you feel about Columbus Day? I think it absolutely should be celebrated. It should maintain as a federal holiday. And we can talk about where he screwed up. We can also talk about the wild success of him discovering the new world. And that's what, and, and that's what gets lost in this. People thought he was going to fall off the edge of the earth. They thought it was literally ocean and then the edge of the world. And you fall into oblivion. And he was like, nah. So for on some levels... On some level, you're going to laugh at this, maybe shake your head. On some levels, he's almost like Kyrie level crazy. Whereas like everyone looks at him and like, bro, what are you talking about? And he's like, and he is full confidence. Like, yeah, you know, it's almost like Copernicus. It's almost like Galileo. 
Copernicus, who I'm pretty sure was murdered by the church at the time, the Catholic church, because he believed that we weren't the sinner, that we went around the sun. And there were people who were murdered for saying the earth wasn't flat at some point. Like there's all sorts of stuff. Okay. People call, you got to like, he didn't, and it wasn't like, oh, he's like, I want to go do this. And he had the money to go do it. And he was like, no, he had, he had to go to all these different Kings and Queens to be like, Hey, so I got this idea. Will you give me money? And eventually got one. It was what the queen of Spain, I believe. And then he got his funding to do his voyage. So in a lot of ways seen by his community and the world at large at the time, he was seen as totally crazy and out of his mind. And honestly, looking back, he was totally crazy and out of his mind, but also not. And also sometimes that's the way you have to seem. Once again, I come back, you might be annoyed at this, but I come back to look at so many stories in the Bible. God put people in positions to like the March around Jericho. They just marched around Jericho, blew their trumpets and the walls fell. Excuse me? And, or Gideon's battle where leave men, leave men, got down to like 300 men and they were facing tens of thousands, you know? And so all these situations where, you know, outside looking in, you just say, wow, that is totally hopeless or you are totally crazy. What kind of David and Goliath? You're like, no, this is, well, just give me some rocks and a little sling. And here we are. And David, who had an affair, who killed a man. To get his his smoking hot wife because he saw her bathing on the roof, and and to illegitimately give like who literally basically murder for hire by or you know indirect murder by just send him to the front lines let him die he dies I take your wife and have kids with her because of my lust who also though was called a man after God's own heart two things can be true I think it's more important to acknowledge we live in a we live in a fallen world or a flawed world, whatever you call it. And we're all just human history. The great things in history were done by, you guessed it, men who all had their flaws. So maybe we should be a little bit slower to judge and be more careful about when we want to um, eliminate things from history. I do want to mention this. Um, I'm not maybe going to articulate this super duper well, but I'm going to try and I'm pulling a lot of info from other people who are better at articulating um, the thoughts. Or at least I feel the same as they do. Um, and then they articulate it in a great way. And those two people today specifically, well, there's a few of them. But is um, it's specifically Matt Walsh. And I'll link to his show episode that I listened to today. And you should listen to. And he, he'll, you can hear him articulate in the first half of his episode is about... And then Ben Shapiro, who I haven't even finished his episode, but I've listened to the first 10 or 15 minutes and it's spot on in general and they make great points and talk about giving the full context. Columbus Day has become such a polarizing holiday, you know, people and because what it's become and what we do now with historical figures is a, we put place them against today's standards and Ben Shapiro does a good job of laying this out, right? We say, which Columbus Day, and this happened to me last year, I said, happy Columbus Day. And they said, it's Indigenous People Day. And I said, no, it's Columbus Day. We're trying to replace and overshadow with Indigenous People Day. But when you actually look at history, Columbus did nothing, didn't really do anything um, that the Indigenous people didn't already do. Like he, he the, the new thing, and ben, ben talks about this in his episode in the beginning, and he does a very good job. Of course, it's Ben Shapiro freaking smarty pants talks a billion miles an hour, but 
he he talks about this and he and, you know he says he said when you look at historical figures and things that have you have to look at the context of their day like he says you know take george washington put him in today in today's world he's in prison because slavery is illegal however in his context where unfortunately slavery was not abolished yet the things that he did he was a great man for the things he did that were different not the same because that's the other thing that we that we like to look at in a microcosm is that like these people invented slavery or they were the worst of their society. They were the same. Everyone was the same. I'm not justifying it saying it was okay because everyone was doing it. I'm merely trying to put it into context and we need to do that. We need to quit bringing our standards, inserting our standards into history to say why someone was so bad. Um, a sentiment that I've recently started, or when I say recently, that, that kind of came to me was I, I started thinking about this when, you know, you're hearing about this stuff and statues and whatnot and, uh, you know, oh, Thomas Jefferson, we need to rename schools, we need to rename George Washington schools, tearing down memorials of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass and things like that, and who, who I'm like, oh, these are actually the good guys, you know, not the Confederate statues necessarily. And then now Columbus, and I say, so what we're turning into, and selectively so, but we, we look at these historical figures and we, we judge them by the worst things that they did. A lot of things which were common for their day, anyway, in, in adding that context in. And I just go, man, okay, so let's go, let's fast forward my life and at the end of my life, or I'm dead even. And people want to look back on my life and say, who was Gus? And they say, you know, who was this Viking, this rambling Viking, this Hanyak, what was he about? And they look at all the worst things I said and did to them and all my biggest mistakes and blunders. And ask yourself, um, what if you were defined by all your mistakes? And not, I'm not talking in, in like, you know, the positively, you know, you know, learn from your mistakes. Let those moments of failure define you and push you and make you stronger. Not like that sense. But like, what if you were defined as a person and memorialized by all the worst things that you did? Some of which may have been commonplace in your time. Like I could say, for a lot of us, you go back to, you go back great grandparents or uh, you'll definitely go to great or great grandparents and then maybe even grandparents they grew up a lot of them probably grew up believing in some sort of segregation and were racist at least by today's standards but unfortunately that was normal common practice they said things like the n-word with a hard r and saying wow those people are horrible but then you look and you say all people were doing that or most people, I'm not saying there weren't good people who were opposed to the system and you know, there haven't always been, you know, oh, that there's never been any abol- abol- abolitionist, words are hard. But I'm saying, understanding that that was the commonplace of their time means maybe we shouldn't socially try and crucify them because today is not, it is not acceptable. For example, um, you know, I'm sure there were things that my grandpa did that were less than spectacular. At the end of the day, he was a great grandpa. He raised a great family. He had tons of grandkids. And he was a great, admirable man for the things that he did different, for the admiral things he did. Now, the big point that Ben Shapiro makes is, and that I agree with, is he's saying, you know, look at what he did that was different. Meaning, let's take it into context, right? What did Christopher, because why are we celebrating him? And, you know, of course, all the, all the people come out and say, well, he did, you know, he enslaved and he murdered and he, 
um, took advantage of and he lied. And, and you know, we'll talk about too when Europeans just came over here. They lied, they cheated, they stole. Um, and Matt Walsh puts it best. He says, okay, so he came over and conquered these people who had been conquering each other. And he's more so talking about the indigenous peoples in general, right? People who had been conquering and enslaving each other came over and got conquered and enslaved by more powerful people. Um, and who at some point their people back home were conquered and enslaved by other people, whether it be the Romans, the Macedonians, the Greeks, the Mongolians, whoever, right? It's, that is literally the history of the world, the essence of the world, the fallen, broken world we live in. Wars, conquest, atrocities go back as far as man go back. And so, I mean, I'm not saying we can't bring up and acknowledge shortcomings and the flaws in people and say, and because that helps us understand that A, these people weren't gods and they weren't angels, they were just men, but at the same time, they were great men. And then I think you have to look at, you know, is, is the things that they different? Were they good? Were they bad? Because I'm not sitting here saying, well, let's look at the fact that Hitler was a charismatic leader who unified a country and made very powerful country. Oh yeah. But he also, you know, did this whole thing with the Holocaust and killing the Jews. Yeah. See, that's a level of atrocity that it's like, yeah, he was a horrible, evil man. Um, but he did have these amoral characteristics that he used for evil. And that is, you know, his charisma his, his, his wit, his political strategy, tact, if you will, to be able to come into that form of leadership and take over a country in that way and become the Fuhrer. You know, and so really what I'm advocating for is what I'm always advocating for, full context, but also understanding, let's frame the story, right? He, he had to go to several countries to get funding to do this thing that nobody had ever ventured to do because they, most people thought the world ended and it was the edge of the world and going west was effectively suicide we had no idea that this the western hemisphere north and south america even existed and this man said i'm gonna go that way when literally the entire world said no you're going to fall off the edge of earth you're gonna you're you're going to die and this man who's braver than 99 percent of us today 99 percent of people in general these few great men took a giant leap of faith and went where no man had gone before, right? And, to, and then what he ended up finding, sure, albeit an accident, you know, was not the, the East Indies, uh, but it was the Western Hemisphere. And that set forth, um, you know, this goes along with the great man theory of history, where a lot of historians say, you know, they're great men that did certain great things that kind of was, was the first domino to fall in setting, for, setting things in motion, right? And you look at, A, where I'm sitting today in the middle of America, the thing that ultimately led to the, that Columbus's discovery of the, the Caribbean led to, um, and you think, and this is a point coming from Matt Walsh, is that I wouldn't, I possibly wouldn't even be, you and I possibly wouldn't even exist, at least not in this context, if we did, had Columbus not done this or not succeeded. And so, and Matt Walsh also puts it great. He simplifies it great. He says, look, he was a great explorer. He was a horrible administrator and governor. Sounds about right. Yeah. I'm, uh, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm great in a crowd, great at a concert, yelling, talking loud, being loud, horrible in a library. You know, it doesn't mean I'm, 
I'm all of a sudden, oh, I'm not a great, let's say, podcaster. I'm not, but or or speaker or comedian, right? I'm just bad in a library, right? And and it's maybe you might say it's reductionist to say he was just a bad administrator and governor. He committed atrocities, which, yes, but then it's important to bring into this context that um, he eh, he didn't do like a lot of those things were were being done by everybody, every tribe and nation. Does that morally make them right? No, because I believe that we human history we try and get better and better and better. If if this if that is a view we want to take of judging people by all their falls falls jeez flaws faults mistakes shortcomings at least judging by today's standard, then I mean you look at people in the Bible multiple wives Solomon had freaking like nine hundred like two hundred wives nine hundred concubines or whatever, I would say definitely by today's standard. Not okay. Not even saying it's okay in general. However, it was a thing. And it was a thing back then. Multiple wives. There's plenty of stuff I don't understand. And it's like in the Bible. And maybe God was kind of okay. I don't know. I don't know. Right? I don't have all the answers to it. But you have to understand the context, right? Are we talking in today's context? Are we are we <laughs> retroactively imposing today's standards on people? But uh, my point on Twitter was that we need to we need to tread carefully on how we judge historical figures if we want to judge historical figures by all their shortcomings and flaws then we will not be able to celebrate any historical figures and i am not exaggerating when i say any because every man is flawed we live in a flawed world every man and every woman all these great historical figures have done things in their life done bad things you know maybe minor considered to others but they've done bad things for example i mean I mean, literally take anyone. Um, I hope I'm not misquoting here. I don't want to say it. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to totally speak out of my butt. JFK thought he was a great politician and a great president for what he was. He was horrible at staying um, at fidelity, staying um, honest to his marriage, as so many powerful men are. But yet you can look at their accomplishments and, you know, he helped get us to the moon. He propelled that. You can simultaneously say that thing was great. He struggled there because all men struggle. And for that, you and I struggle. We should give a little grace and also not be afraid to celebrate Columbus because what he did was spectacular, was nothing short of spectacular, heroic, and definitely historically significant. I'm not saying we can't celebrate indigenous peoples. I'm just saying I don't think we should try and replace his holiday. So... That's my rant, though, for today. That's my holy crap, what was this episode? Talking culture, news, and all sorts of different fun stuff. Let me know if you like this episode or if there's an idea for a way to do this different or any of all your thoughts on the Southwest thing, um, the Columbus Day thing. But I uh, would love to know anything and everything. And uh, I, I appreciate you being a part of the Hanyak Horde. Or if you're new, welcome to the Hanyak Horde. We're bringing you... We're bringing you at least three episodes a week right now, possibly changing to four because I like doing these sort of episodes. We'll figure out maybe a consistent posting date, or maybe this is just a floating episode depending on the news cycle. I like that. And if you have any ideas, um, chime them in though. You, If you follow the first link, it'll take you to the website and you can find our Instagram, Facebook page where I post all different updates, new episodes as they drop. Uh, Instagram, look out for polls on stories or different questions, ways you can chime in and be a part of the show. Cause ultimately I want you to send in your thoughts in, in, in written text or 
I would love for um, you to send in voice memos or voice messages and there's ways to do that on the website and you can be a part of the conversation because that's ultimately what I want to build here. Yes, it's mostly me just talking and you listening and sometimes answering out loud. Shout out to Caleb. Um, <laughs> but when you do answer out loud, maybe you go find a place where you can and just answer out loud into your phone and then send in that little voice memo and I'll put it on the next show or I'll respond to it on the next show. So that's what I love to do here. Uh, make sure to share, give a five-star review too. So get this podcast out there and build out this Han Yok horde. I hope you keep it PDFG. If you're new, that's pretty darn freaking good. That's how we like to keep it here. Um, forgot to review that we talked about the whole Chappelle thing. Let me know what you think about Chappelle's special and if he's the goat and why is he the goat? So, but that does it for this edition of the rambling Viking podcast. It's a little bit longer. I know, but a lot to talk about. So, uh, this Hanyak, the head Hanyak, is, uh, that's a wrap though. We're out. I'm going to continue to drag this outro out for another 20 seconds. If you're still here, thank you. And also, goodbye. <laughs>